Thanks so much for joining us on our Summit Church podcast. If you are new here, we want to help connect you with God and all that He has in store for you. We hope that this inspires you, strengthens your faith, and gives you hope to live your best days now. Enjoy the message. In this current cultural revolution, a lot of people wonder how much can our souls take of unexpected changes, crisis, challenges, and fear. Now, I've observed that some people go into mental anxiety and depression, while others have maybe optimized this moment, and they seem to be a little more capable, a little more courageous. They've stepped into this moment, and they've stepped up. You know, they some people have expanded economies. Some people have created more powerful companies, created some new ventures, and we've seen the very best of them. So the question is, why this extreme difference to the same circumstances? Some make it, some don't. Well, the simple characteristic of those who thrive and those who are overwhelmed by this moment is resilience, resilience. But most people who want to be resilient don't understand the process of how to become resilient. Resilience means you have the capacity to bounce back to return to your original shape. No matter how much you're bent out of shape, no matter how much the environment or the circumstance tries to distort you or break you, you have this unexplainable capacity to return back to your original form, resilience. Now, most people think if we believe in God, we can avoid a more difficult life. I don't know where you came from. Okay, a more, a more challenging life. We, we, we won't have to go through that. We can avoid the pain and disappointment and problems of life. But if you've been a follower of Jesus more than five minutes, you know that ain't true. So what you discover is that people who believe in God have the same problems people don't believe in God have. They've got children that go wild. They have marriage problems. People die in the family. People get sick. People get released from a job. Things go bad. They're financial. That happens to everybody. In this world, you will have tribulation, Jesus said. You don't get to pass go and collect 200 bucks. You're going to have trouble. So I want to talk about how to grow in your resilience. This is from Proverbs. I'm going to do a whole bunch on Proverbs. We looked at the, the generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. That was a proverb. We're going to one now. Next week, I'm going to do the one on a wise man, the prudent man, and the simple man. The prudent man sees danger coming, takes action. The simple man, the fool, does nothing and heads straight into chaos and destruction. It is life-changing. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. That's one a day for a month. One a day Proverbs will keep the devil away. Proverbs are good. Even if you aren't a believer, these Proverbs will give you a better life, better function in life. Bring a friend. Do not come alone. This is good stuff. Proverbs 24, verse 16. Though the righteous fall seven times, they shall rise again. 
but the wicked stumble whenever calamity strikes. People in church like to focus on they rise again. Oh, man, we love that part. But before you focus on that part, you got to look at the part before that. So why should the righteous fall seven times? I mean, should the righteous fall at all? Yet the assumption of Scripture is the righteous are going to fall. The Bible uses the number seven, and seven is not only the number for completion, but the number for infinite capacity. Like God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, is that it? Just a thousand? No. It's symbolic of he owns it all. So when it says the righteous falls seven times, he's not saying they only mess up, they only fall, they only lose seven times. He's saying they fall, and they fall, and they mess up, and they fall. So many times you won't be able to count how many times they fall. Do you get it? See, we mistakenly think if I'm properly aligned with Jesus, I will never fall, never mess up. Yet God knows you will. And you'll do it many times and mess up. I wish seven were literal, right? Yeah. We'd all have our quota and be done with it. And this should be encouraging to all of us because I felt for a long time in my early Christian life that if I was rightly aligned with God, everything would always work out good for me. Now, if you choose to walk with God and follow Jesus, here's a promise. You're going to have some falls, some messes, some losses, like Alabama. Okay, I know. It's, I want to say to Brother Saban, it's okay. It's just part of football. It's just part of life. So get used to it. But they rise again. That's important. So the difference between the resilient and those who lack resilience is not whether they fail or not. It's just getting up one more time than you fail. And that's the power of resilience. See, part of the challenge is we keep looking for an easier way to do life. Isn't that why people want to move from California to Texas? <laughs> because we're trying to find a way to reduce the amount of stress and taxes in our lives. Rather than finding a way to elevate the amount of resilience in our lives. In James 1, verse 3, he says, Because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Catch that phrase, because you know. Half the church doesn't know. Did you know? Did I really know? No, nobody ever told me that in my early days of Christian life. He says, because you know the testing of your faith. See, endurance is the ability to keep moving forward no matter how crummy you feel, no matter how hard life is. And sometimes it's brutal. The only way you move towards resilience, the only way you move to this level of endurance, of perseverance, is you have to have your faith tested. See, most Christians want big faith, mountain-moving faith, but we don't want any mountains. We want small problems. But what's the point of having big faith if you don't have problems? I don't need faith if I don't have any problems. Amen, right? If you want bigger faith, you're actually saying, God, Give me bigger problems. <laughs> See, the problem is, if the problems keep elevating and the faith doesn't elevate, we become overwhelmed. The testing of your faith. 
I hate tests. Specifically, pop tests. At least I would like to prepare, right? I had a college professor give us the answers a day in advance of the exam. We didn't know what the test was. We just had a bunch of answers. And can you believe a lot of people fail that test with the answers? See, even having the answer for some of us isn't enough to succeed because we don't have the internal structure to make the choices to win when the win is actually handed to us. So God isn't trying to give you the win. He's trying to give you the internal structures that could drive you through to the win. So what develops resilience? What allows us to get up one more time? I'll give you three characteristics that will create resilience inside all of us. Athletes love to talk about peak performance. Christians like to talk about making it through the day. <laughs> Minimum required. I don't want to teach people how to make it through a day. I want to teach people how to create the day you imagined. And the first step towards peak performance is developing resilience in your life. So characteristic number one, gratitude, gratitude. Neurologists have discovered a lubricant of the brain. When you're older, you start thinking about Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. And that occurs because the brain becomes rigid. And as your brain becomes rigid, you lose the capacity to see things like beauty and wonder and opportunities and possibilities. You don't ever want to lose that capacity. I never want to lose my power to imagine and to create. And researchers discovered that that lubricant of the brain is gratitude. It's not just a nice attribute that makes you a nice human being. If you don't want your brain to rigidify, you need to develop a life of gratitude. If you're here with an attitude of maybe a personality of ungratefulness, you could be 26, but your brain's already started to rigidify. How many young adults think like old people? Their brains have gone dead. They can't see new possibilities, new opportunities. All they can see is what's wrong in life. Everything they see is negative. Or have you trained your brain to pay attention to beauty all around you, to see opportunities for good? If you think of your brain as a muscle, then exercise your brain's power to see opportunity and possibilities that will only happen if you choose a life of gratitude. What do you see? See, ungrateful people, don't get mad, are dumber than grateful people. I know it's not politically correct to say that. Ungrateful people, bitter people, are not just unlikable and less enjoyable, they're dumber, literally. If you choose a posture of ungratefulness, you need to realize you're lowering your IQ. Every day I'm not grateful for life, I'm lowering my IQ. My brain is rigidifying. See, I want to live a life of ridiculous gratitude. How about you? You get up and thank God, this is the day the Lord has made. I woke up. Lots of people didn't today. I, ha I can see, I can hear, I can smell, I can move. Everything. Lord, thank you for the gift of life today. That's such a mundane thing, but I'm grateful for it. 
If I drive, I'm grateful I can drive in a car. I'm grateful I have clothes to wear. Maybe they're not designers, but I've got clothes. I've got a shelter. I've got an apartment, maybe a mobile home, or I own a home. I've got good food to eat, nourish my body. I'm, I'm saying there's so much you could spend half the day thanking God for. A couple of friends that maybe helped you through a difficult time. Lots to be grateful for. And God seems to be big on gratitude, and apparently your brain is too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, when you give thanks in all circumstances, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Too many circum, circum, circumstances. When you, I've already lost you now. I don't know. When, when you give thanks in all circumstances, your brain expands. When you are grateful, your brain is absorbing the power of unlimited imagination. It's like inhaling oxygen deeply after you've been gasping for air underwater finally and you come up, you breathe like that. So not only do we need gratitude, which helps enlarge the capacity of our brain and thinking and imagination, faithfulness, number two, faithfulness. In Matthew 25, in the parable of the talents, the master gives five talents to one guy, two talents to another, one talent to another. Then he goes away. After a while, you know the story, the master comes back, the guy with five grew to 10. The guy with two grew to four, and the guy with one didn't, didn't double add anything to what he had been given. The master commended the two who had increased what they had been given, and he condemned the guy who buried one talent because he was afraid to lose what he had. So he lost the potential of what he could have created. When you don't use what God has entrusted you with, you will never realize the potential that God has given you. Your life could be so much bigger, but you don't see it with just one time. Well, what's that? All right. Well, a guy got one and he got nothing. I mean, you lower the potential and quality of your life. You do lose when you don't use what God gave you. So the master tells the two who increased what they had been given, well done, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's joy. The word faithful comes from the word trust. So he's saying, you guys are trustworthy with the little things I gave you so I can entrust you with much more. The reason we lack internal resilience is we think God is always going to bail us out out of every problem out of every circumstance. Sometimes, sometimes, God doesn't want to give you a way out because it'll make you soft. It'll make you weak. It'll make you always dependent on a miracle rather than developing the internal character of resilience that gives you the strength to power through anything. Faithfulness is about what you do every day. It's not a special day. It's what you do every mundane day. Most people think God only works in the miraculous moments of life, but he actually works most in the faithful moments, the mundane, the boring, 
the stuff you have to do every day that nobody else even sees. Resilient people are not just grateful. They see beauty and wonder and opportunity and possibilities all around. They're never overwhelmed by how bad a moment is because they always see a way through. But they are also people who are incredibly faithful about keeping their word, not only to God and other people, but to themselves. And when Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant, he's not saying, wow, you guys did something miraculous. Not at all. He's saying you guys were faithful with what you were given. And because you were faithful in the little, average, mundane, every day, I can trust you with a lot more. A lot of people keep waiting for God to give them more when they've never been faithful with the little that he's given them. And the little is who you choose to be every day. Yeah, and that's why most people miss it. That's why most people lack resilience because when the crisis comes, uh, you ever notice problems never give you a warning? They're coming. I'm coming. Wouldn't it be great like, hey, Sally, I'm about to ruin your life tomorrow. <laughs> ah! No, no, no. One day your life is awesome. The next day it's upside down. One day he's the love of your life. The next day I hate his guts. One day you have a good job you enjoy. The next day my boss is driving me insane. It's amazing how one day can change everything. And you're not ready for the crisis. Or when the doctor tells you you have cancer. You're not ready for that moment when you've lost everything because the economy has flipped upside down. You're not ready for that moment when you felt you were the one who would not be fired and you're the one let go. See, we're not ready for these moments and that's why you have to be faithful to be ready every day because you don't know what day will be that day that needs you to be the best version of yourself. I don't wait for the problem. I stay in shape spiritually, ready every day for what is going to hit me, knowing it could come any day, right? That's, called, that's how you build this resistance. Are you trustworthy? You know, as I age, I'm thinking, I'm going to redefine 70 years of age. And when I'm 80, I'm going to redefine 80. I'm not going to be like other people in that decade. Many people are just waiting to die. But I just want to taunt death. You can't have me till I'm ready. Many of you need to make some commitments to yourself on who you're going to become. What kind of virtues are you going to live out? And when, <laughs> you know, be faithful to those decisions. Every day, be faithful to become that person because the one that can be trusted with small things will be the one that can be trusted with many things. But there's one last characteristic I want to focus on. No matter how many times you fall, get up. I heard an NFL scout say how he evaluated quarterbacks. He watched how they played after their worst game. Notre Dame, uh, Philip, he's, he's hiding. Most people will watch people play on their best day. Oh, look how much potential he has. Oh, wow, what talent. Now, every good, not average, every good athlete has the potential of having a great game and looking like they're great. 
Every basketball player in the NBA is good, but he, even he, can have a Jordan game, a Jordan moment, a Jordan quarter. But it's how they play after their worst game that tells you whether they have the resilience to turn it into a career of greatness. See, you're not defined by your failures. You're not defined by your losses or what maybe caused you to fail unless you stay there. But when you get up, you're now defined by what you overcame, not what overtook you. Ah, that's good. So third characteristic is humility. It might be the singular virtue that allows our resilience to become unstoppable. It defines Jesus when he goes to the cross. I'm reading out of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your interest, but the interest of others. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God Almighty, did not consider equality with God to be something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross." So humility drove Jesus to go to the cross. And the word humility comes from the word soil. It's the same word from which we get man, Adam, Adam, earth, clay. So humility and humanity are supposed to be one in the same thing. We actually become humble when we are most human and when we embrace our humanity, see? And we are most human when we walk in our humility. I mean, Jesus, even though he was God, took on our earth, our humanity. He became our dust. And in that humility, he gave himself on the cross as a sacrifice for all humanity. So humility is what allowed Jesus to die for us. Humility is what postured Jesus to be raised from the dead. Philippians goes on, therefore. When you see a therefore, ask yourself what it's there for. (laughs) Therefore, it means Everything that was said just in front of it is culminating in this moment. Because of what I just read you, therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, Jesus was raised from the dead because his humility drove him to the cross. And he was God. And they thought he lost. He failed. He blew that. That's what they thought looking at him. But you cannot bring down a humble man or a humble woman. It's easy to be knocked down when you try to be taller than you are. Try to be taller than you are, and you become unstable. Uh Uh-huh. Pride. Yeah. But when you're grounded... I know I'm dirt. I know where I come from. When you're grounded, you can't be knocked down. See, you're easier to knock down when you try to be taller than you are. You know why people are not resilient, even though they look so talented, so gifted, so attractive? It's because they're stunned. They're shocked when they fail, when they mess up, when they lose. How could this happen to me? I'm so awesome. 
more gifted, more talented than everybody else. It couldn't possibly be my fault. Oh, come here, let me slap you. That's why arrogance always looks for somebody else to blame. And humility always looks for a problem to fix. What if Jesus took the arrogant posture instead of that humility and walked among us saying, okay, who ruined this world? Oh, you. Ah, uh, but instead of coming to condemn us, he came to free us and forgive us. He didn't come to blame us for ruining this world. He came as a servant to clean up the mess we made. So let me leave you with this thought. You're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to lose sometimes. You're going to mess up. And the great danger is you'll spend your life blaming other people rather than realizing this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Hey, I'm not here today either because I never lost or messed up or had a setback or failed. I'm here like many of you because I got up one more time than I failed. Amen. I'm so tired of hearing about people overwhelmed with depression and despair, anxiety, and stress. Who told you life was supposed to be easy? Who told you that life isn't supposed to be hard? Someone lied to you. I've spoken to two leaders from other states who are so stressed and tired, they're taking a year off to rest. I knew immediately you should not have spoken to me. I snapped. I, Don't you think I'm tired? I'm 25 years older than you, Sparky. I've been tired my entire life. Who told you guys it wasn't supposed to be hard? Suck it up. You've got to get tougher. You've got to have more resilience in you or this culture will crush you. And it is crushing some people. Somebody told you your dreams are supposed to come easy. Someone told you the government should take care of you, that someone else should pay your bills, that someone else should help you succeed. Who's telling you life is supposed to be easy and fair? What a lie. What a lie. See, folks, don't choose the easy road. Don't choose the easy path. Don't choose the easy way. Choose a life that demands courage and resilience, that demands strength. Choose the hard path and make a difference in this life. And let me tell you what will happen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through 31. God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And it's not related to your age. Hello, I can say that. It's not. It's right here in your head. Let me tell you, you will always have the opportunity to choose the easy road, always. That will allow you to become a lesser version of yourself. I don't want that. I want my full potential. I don't care. I don't want to compare it to anybody else. I just want to know I took this bag of bones to the highest potential that God had for me. That's the best you could do anywhere. See, that easy road, that's not the road Jesus calls you to. 
He calls you to step into the fullness of the life he created you to live. And that ain't easy. And that life is going to take courage. And it's going to take strength and determination. And there'll be setbacks and there'll be losses and there'll be failure and there'll be betrayal and there'll be all kinds of stuff that happen in between. But if you allow the Lord, he will build up your resilience. And no matter how many times you fall, you'll rise. He's back. You'll rise. You'll rise. And that's my prayer for you, that you will get tough and strong. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting summitsa.com.